what most people don't realize is that cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing, if not more powerful, because what it does is it gives you the ability to leverage more of your money. Because when it comes to like investing and earning interest on your dollars, most people in their lifetime, they're only going to ever earn interest on you know maybe 5 to 10% of their income. Welcome to another episode of Hype Fury Presents. In this episode, I talk to Chronicles of Nate. Nate created his first course when he only had a few hundred followers and immediately pre-sold three copies. That's when he knew he was onto something. In this episode, you'll learn how to grow your account to over 35,000 followers in less than two years and what powerful tools you can use to connect to people on Twitter. My name is Yannick, co-founder of Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoy the show. Tell me a little bit about your road towards like an online business because you're a pastor, you're into finance. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. We started our business, me and my business partner, we started our business back in April of 2018. And at the time I wasn't even on Twitter. He was on Twitter and every now and then he would text me tweets from some of the guys he was following. Some of the guys like Ed Lattimore, AJ Cortez, you know, those types of people. Chris Johnson was another one. So he was texting me tweets from these guys. Eventually, I was like, man, this is pretty cool stuff. I'm going to get on there and you know check it out for myself. It took several months. But what's funny is we were already really close. And we had started reading Ed Lattimore's book before I even followed Ed on Twitter. Was that Engagement in New Cocaine? Was that the one? No, no, no. It was his actual published book, which was Not Caring What Other People Think is a Superpower. So we were reading that book together anyways, and just kind of talking through some of the thoughts that it had and everything like that. And I've always, well, not always, but for several years, you know, I studied personal development and, you know, mindset stuff and everything. So when I got on Twitter for myself, that was December of 2018. In fact, I'm coming up next week is my two year anniversary on Twitter. So I got on there and noticed two things after like just being hooked day one. I noticed two things. One was I understood or saw the opportunity to add a value to other people because of all the things that I've been studying personally, just ways I could encourage people and lift each other people up and stuff like that. So that was something. And then the other thing was I just saw all these people who were actually like growing their business on Twitter. And so I was like, man that's another opportunity for us to grow because at that point, the best thing that we had done social media wise was like on Facebook. That was it. So I told Brandon, my business partner, I said, Hey, I'm going to grow a Twitter account. I'm not just going to go hang out on Twitter. I'm actually going to grow an account, be one of these guys that have like a whole bunch of people following them and stuff. And I remember him saying, man, if anybody can do it, you can. I was like, all right, cool. So I just got after it. The very first course I bought, I think I only went through two like Twitter growth courses. The first one was Western Mastery, Sean, who's a buddy of mine now, which is cool. And then the second one was Ed, again, somebody I know personally now, which is crazy. You know, those guys were so instrumental in my growth because of the things that I learned from them. And then I just started, the more time you spend on Twitter, the more you can kind of figure out on your own. So there's some stuff that I figured out along the way to increase engagement and things like that. And I've had people who have asked me to write a Twitter growth course. And I'm like, there's enough of that out there. I mean, I'm sure I can make money doing it, but I don't have to. Like, I don't want to. I would rather somebody else take that. So I'm good with that. So I got out there, started growing. 
And man, it just started making connections with people and teaching them what we teach our clients. And people saw value in that. They started shouting me out and it just started snowballing from there. So where we're at in our business right now uh, would not be possible without what we've been able to create on Twitter. So we teach this cash flow strategy. What we teach people how to do is essentially build a cash flow strategy. And what most people don't realize is that cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing, if not more powerful, because what it does is it gives you the ability to leverage more of your money. Because when it comes to like investing and earning interest on your dollars, most people in their lifetime, they're only going to ever earn interest on you know, maybe 5 to 10% of their income. And that's about it. And so what having a cash flow strategy through this concept called infinite banking, which is what we teach, you have the ability over time to build up and create a system where you start to earn interest off of maybe 50% of your dollars, maybe 75%, maybe even 100% of your dollars. So I like to describe it as just creating muscles for your money that you wouldn't have had otherwise. When you're able to do that, when you're able to earn interest off of a larger portion of your income, it gives you the ability to go do more things with those dollars because they're growing at a faster rate. But also building a system that gives you the ability to leverage money, which means once the money goes in, it can no longer go down. It can only go up, which is cool. And it's not going to be leaking out of your life like it would otherwise. So with a cash flow strategy, it's a, a system for your money that you can run it through and do multiple things with, whether that be if you want to go invest in something else, if you want to use it for day-to-day things, if you want to make big purchases with it. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can do with it. The sky is really the limit as far as all the different things that you would do with money anyways. You have the ability to do by establishing a system and creating more strength for your financial life. You read about Ed? What was the actual moment that you said, hey, I'm going to start a Twitter account? I don't remember the exact time frame. It was sometime in December of 2018 that I was finally like, you know what? I'm just going to get on there and check this stuff out for myself. Because up to that point, my business partner, he was just sending me this stuff, you know, texting it to me every now and then. And so, yeah, he was already on Twitter and I wasn't. And so he was following these guys and sending me this stuff. So I just thought, well, instead of waiting on him to send me something again, I'll just proactively go looking for some of this stuff myself and following these guys. And so it wasn't one of those things when I got on Twitter, my goal when I got on Twitter was really just to observe and sort of consume information. I didn't realize the opportunity that was out there, but I've never shied away from opportunity and it was staring me in the face and you know, it's worked out really well. And so you bought two courses and then you just started growing. You already mentioned, you know, that you started sharing uh, your knowledge about your financial um, literacy, I guess. What was the moment when you thought, hey, I'm getting a hang of this Twitter thing. I can really see myself growing an account and adding like an income stream. I think once I hit a thousand followers, it hit me that if I could grow to a thousand, then I could grow to 10,000. And if I could grow to 10,000, I could grow to a hundred thousand. And it's really unless you just decide to get on Twitter one day and just totally blow up your account and make a bunch of people mad and all this other stuff, then it's inevitable at some point you're going to continue to gain those numbers as time goes on. So once I hit a thousand, I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this thing like for real. 
And it just continues to snowball. The bigger you get, as long as you stay active, the more frequent those followers start to roll in. And the more people who are paying attention to your content, the more opportunity that is for somebody to see something that you share and really like it and share it with somebody else. And it just, I mean, that's just how Twitter works. Information spreads really fast. How did you get your first thousand followers? Uh, I spent a lot of time on Twitter. I'll tell you that. That first thousand followers, I worked really hard for those. I spent a lot of time on Twitter. I mean, I was fortunate enough because I do own my own business. I don't punch a clock for anybody. So nobody was knocking on my door saying, hey, get off Twitter or anything like that. (laughs) So I was looking at it long term. I knew what the value of that was going to be as I continued and stay consistent with it. So it eventually just started snowballing, like I said, and, and got to a point where I can spend less time on it and still see a lot of return for that. So as an example, Sunday, I just scheduled all my tweets through Hype Fury for that day. And I was pretty much off Twitter all day Sunday. I just called that my day of rest. And uh, it was really nice to just not be engaged for a little while. Twitter is something I enjoy, so it's a ton of fun for me making connections with people and all that stuff. But to know that I have the opportunity to continue to grow by leveraging a tool like Hype Fury as an example, knowing that if I just stay consistent by continuing to put content out there, that I'm inevitably going to continue to grow a bigger and bigger platform is pretty cool. How do you get tweets out consistently? Scheduling tweets is something that I actually recently started doing because I don't know if you know this or not, but I was in the beta with Sammy or when y'all first started Hype Fury. And I used it a little bit when I was in the early stages of it. But then once it actually rolled out altogether, like I had not got to the point where I felt like I had a need for it. Now, looking back on it, I could have used it a long time ago because now I've learned how to use it properly. But in terms of like content, I had somebody ask me this today. I was doing some coaching calls earlier and one of the guys was like, man, he's like, I love your account. Like I love just everything you put out, like, how do you come up with so much stuff? And I was like, I just think of it like, you know, it's just in my head, you know, I just put it out there. Early on, when I first got started, I would consistently sit down and I would like think of things to put out there and all that stuff. As time goes on, it almost like it gets a little easier to create content, not harder. You mentioned on a Sunday, you sit down and do you then schedule everything for the week or the month or how much do you do? And how do you, you know, do you have notes or a swipe file or how do you go about that? Um, so it's actually just a Google Drive file that I use for scheduled tweets, but they're not that far planned out. <laughs> like anything that I put out is basically just I schedule it for that morning. Like I wake up early, I schedule out the ones that I want to schedule and then everything else that I tweet out just in real time is just off the top of my head, whatever. But I think it becomes easier over time because you have subconsciously, you've built up this library of content that you have in your head and you know it just continues to churn out in different ways. So thoughts that you had two years ago, you might have a similar thought, but then there might be this other piece that kind of layers over the top of it and stuff like that. I don't know. It seems like it just gets easier. And so do you look back on your own timeline? What did I tweet? What can I build upon again? How can I rephrase this? Stuff like that? Sometimes I do. A lot of the times, if I retweet like an old tweet or something like that, it's usually because somebody messaged me and they said, hey, I remember this tweet one time that you said about this and I'll go look it up and I'll find it and I'll send it to them. And then I'll go, oh, that's pretty good. I'll retweet that. I did that yesterday or the day before with something that I put out almost two years ago. 
and it was because somebody asked me about it. It was somewhere along the lines of the more money you keep in a family, the stronger that family becomes. The more money you keep in a community, the stronger that community becomes. That type of situation. And it was simply highlighting the value of having a system where you kept money inside of a space that allowed it to just continue to cycle. Because the more money that you can keep and cycle inside of a vacuum, so to speak, you know, inside of a space, then the stronger that money is going to become. A lot of people, when they have an account that's two years old, you know, there's also a lot of people that just have 100 followers, you know, so getting to like 35, 400. So how did you do that? You know, not many people get to grow that fast. I think one of the things that has really helped me, I mean, I'm not the fastest growing account, but I'm not the slowest either. But I think one of the things that's really helped me personally in my growth is the way I'm able to connect with people personally. Because for probably that first year on Twitter, I was reaching out to people and just saying, hey, you want to get on a call? Just, hey, let's just talk, meet, whatever. Like, I just got off the phone with a guy this morning. I mean, we connected probably like January, February of 2019. So almost two years ago, we originally connected, just got to know each other, talked on the phone, all that stuff. And we haven't really stayed connected, but we made that initial connection. Well, then he reaches out to me and he's like, man, you know, all that stuff you were teaching me a while back, you know, I want to learn more about it. So, you know, now he's learning more. Making those personal connections, I think is a big deal because when you have people that you've connected with personally, I mean, they'll go to war with you, go to war for you. So in the Twitter world, you know, going to war is really just about helping somebody succeed in some way. There's so many people that I've connected with personally, like, I just want to see them win. Like whatever they're doing, I just want to see them win, even though it may not be something I care about winning in, but I want to see them succeed. I want to see them do well. So making personal connections, I think has been huge because people know people that you don't know. So when you make a connection with somebody, you're indirectly connecting with a lot of other people that you would never know otherwise. Yeah, I think that's been big. When I stay in Twitter terms, you know, it's a lot easier to retweet somebody you know than somebody you don't know. I think a lot of people should realize that, you know, building a relationship is a very powerful thing you can do on anywhere. You know, you had your business before you did Twitter. Is it consulting or how is that set up? What's your business model? Before we had Twitter, we would meet with people one-on-one and we would just teach them everything that we teach now, but it would just be in a one-on-one setting. So when I got on Twitter and started making connections with people and they wanted to know more about what I did, because I was saying things about money that were profound, you know, things that people never heard of before about money. Like when I say never spend money, leverage it. Most people want to know what does that even mean? So all these different things that people were curious about, I started making one-on-one Zoom meetings with, and I would just sit with them for an hour, hour and a half and teach them you know, as much as they wanted to learn. And so initially it was all just free value that I was providing up front. You know, I wasn't asking for anything in return other than just, hey, if you're willing to listen, I'm willing to teach you. I did that for about a month. And because of word of mouth, I got to the point where I didn't have time to meet with everybody that wanted to meet with me. So the course that I have now was really just born out of a necessity to leverage my time better. 
because I just didn't have time to meet with everybody. So I just thought, you know, if someone wants to put a little skin in the game and go ahead and get a piece of the information up front, and then if they decide they want to continue learning, then I'll meet with them and start teaching them more and more about what we do. That was how it all kind of came about. Initially, we didn't have a course or anything like that. It was really just something that had to happen for us if we were going to continue to grow. At what point in time, how many followers, or when did you decide, hey, I need to uh, build a course for this? I think when I rolled the course out, that was January 2019, I think I only had like maybe two or 300 followers at that time whenever I rolled it out. The fact that I got three pre-orders on the course before it actually launched, man, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I was like, yes, three people bought it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That was so cool. Three people bought the course. Like I was confident that somebody was going to buy it. But the fact that three people bought it, like, I mean, that was just really exciting. And then just started snowballing from there. You launched your course. What happened then? So you had the three pre-orders and uh, how many did you get when you launched your course? So once we actually launched it, it, it wasn't anything that happened overnight. You know, it was like a slow progression and People started going through the content and then they started shouting me out on Twitter. Well, when they did that, I retweeted it, showing people that, hey, there is value in what I'm teaching, all that stuff. I did get a really awesome shout out from Chris Johnson because I taught him everything that I teach everybody else as far as infinite banking and all that stuff. And he saw the value in that. So he gave me a really awesome shout out early on, told people they need to be following me. That was a huge bump. And then about a month after he shouted me out, he tweets at Ed Lattimore and he goes, hey, Ed, you need to follow Nate. You won't regret it. So then a lot of people saw that and started following me that day, too. So I got two really nice bumps from Chris along the way. Those are probably at least a couple of hundred followers, maybe even upwards of a thousand. Yeah, he gave me several shout outs along the way. So I'll always be grateful for that, for sure. It just kept getting bigger from there. And I mean, we did our Black Friday sale the other day we Had you know, over 100 people bought that day. So that was cool. It's grown <laughs> pretty substantially since we originally had those three pre-orders. Can you explain a little bit about your cash flow system, how it works? Yeah. So infinite banking, this may be a foreign concept because of the way the financial system is where you are, but infinite banking is all about properly structuring a dividend paying whole life insurance policy to create your own private banking system that you own and control. The way I explain it for someone who's just trying to kind of get a high level view of that is, you know, imagine building equity into an ever growing asset and being able to leverage the equity to create your own line of credit like you would at a bank. But instead of the bank earning interest off of it, you're actually earning interest off your own line of credit, which is a totally crazy concept. And the only reason that I'm even teaching this stuff now and my business partner is the same is because we started using this ourselves. We saw the value in it. We got excited about it. And we're like, well, we got to teach other people how to do this. So you went from like a consultancy business to a, you know, more like a, a course provider. And do you still have like different tires where you know, people buy the course and then you can upsell them to consultancy or how does your model work? No. So the way it's set up is the course is really the gateway to our educational process. And so there's actually three different packages. There's a silver, gold, or platinum. It really just depends on what you're looking. If you're just wanting to dip your toe into the information and just see what it's about, then you know you can get the silver one. And that comes with three coaching calls 
along with some other things. And then, you know, the other packages obviously have more value, more coaching calls. The Platinum even has unlimited coaching calls, which sounds crazy, but that just means that as much as you want to learn, we're willing to sit and teach you. So, which means you have essentially unlimited access to us, which there's a lot of value in that, I believe. Um, (laughs) I mean, I might be like popping my own collar a little bit, but you can buy one of those three and, you know, any of those is going to get you on the phone with me where you actually start learning one-on-one. But if someone sees the value in everything that we teach them through the course and through the coaching calls, then at that point, if they decide that they want to implement that strategy, then we will come alongside them as their coaches and help them get started. There's not necessarily an upsell, but with uh, whole life insurance, you have to have a license in order to offer that type of product. So we're technically licensed agents. So if someone sees the value in infinite banking and they want us to come alongside them, then we will write the policy and get it set up for them. And we basically get paid by the insurance company to do that. So there's not an additional upsell where a client or a customer is going to pay us any additional money, everything else would just be going to set up their system. So what are your plans for uh, I don't know, next year? How do you want to grow the business or what do you want to do differently? Well, we have a, a partner program that we've created where we've actually had people who have come on as agents to be part of our team and what we're doing. I want to continue to expand that because there's a lot of demand for it. Our clients tend to get excited about what they're doing for themselves, just like we were, and they want to tell other people. So we're going to continue to expand our partner program, continue just to grow on Twitter. You know, we might look into doing some different ads and things like that, which is stuff we've never really done before. We're just going to keep rocking and rolling and doing what we're doing. And there are some bigger goals and bigger dreams that we have in terms of other things that we want to build out and create for the company. I don't think that's going to happen next year, but you know, probably five-year plan. We could see some bigger things hit that could change the game for some people. So, I guess the consultancy calls take up most of your time with the unlimited calls. You know, people probably call you every day, but they might call you, I don't know, once a week or once a month. But in the end, if you keep selling more courses, you'll be piling up more work for yourself and for Brandon. How does that work? Most people don't abuse the opportunity to connect. So they'll go through my schedule link and they'll find a time that works. I mean, I've never had anybody who just got on the phone with me and just wasted my time. You know, it's always been something that was really important that they needed to learn or understand or something like that. So, but, you know, that is part of what we're doing as we're building our team is equipping other people to be able to teach on the same level that we're teaching at. So that eventually we can work more on the business instead of in the business. This is not something like a, uh, I don't know, how to do origami course or whatever. This requires a bit more like financial literacy. This is not something, you know, this isn't a gallon of milk you're buying. You have to really dig into this. How did you find out what to include in the course, what not to include? So people have enough data to get really interested, but not too much to get overloaded with a lot of, you know? Well, one of the things that we were very fortunate to have is two mentors who poured into us and taught us really as much as they felt like we needed to know. And then eventually they got to the point where they're like, all right, we can't teach you anything else. Like you're good. (laughs) So having those two mentors, Mike and Chris pouring into us, you know, they have combined between the two of them. They've been doing this over 20 years. 
so they have a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom to pull from. So we just relied heavily on them in terms of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense with our style of teaching. So you also have a newsletter. Why did you set it up? Now, what's the value you give and what's the value you take? So the reason that I started my email list or my newsletter was because of Jose Rosado, because I remember getting on a call with him one time and he's like, why don't you have an email list? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know I needed to do that. He's like, yeah, do that right now. I was like, all right. So, and I bet there's probably a lot of people who would say, Jose told me to start an email list. So started my newsletter initially because he told me it was a good idea, but wanted to do something a little bit different with it, where lately what we've been doing is just taking books that I've received value from in my life. The most recent one that we did was The Richest Man in Babylon. And then now we're going through a book called The Go-Giver. So we're just doing these book walks in the newsletter. So you get an email once a week or so, and it'll be you know a chapter or something from the book And we're just kind of walking through those books that way. So yeah, that's really what the newsletter is more than anything else. Every now and then I'll just write a random email about thought or something like that. But most of it is centered around just adding value through those book walks and pulling things out that were really important to me. Do you plug your course there or? Every now and then, not every time, but every now and then I will. What are the major drivers for people to sign up to your newsletter? Well, You get an intro email from me right out of the gate, which says, hey, this is who I am. Right now, I'm doing a an exclusive discount code for new subscribers that if they just want to go check out the course and see what that's about. So if you sign up for my newsletter, you immediately get exclusive discount code where you can go in and get the course at a pretty substantial discount. But then another email that they receive shortly after that from me is a Twitter growth tip email. So with all these people who reach out to me about, you know, how do I grow my Twitter, things like that, I just decided I would just create an email of all the things that I used to tell people, which was a list of like, I don't know, seven or eight different things that I felt were important. I had already written those into my notes on my phone and I would just copy and paste them anytime somebody asked me, hey, how do I grow my Twitter? So I was like, I'll just put this in an email. And then every time somebody asked me, how do I grow my Twitter? I was like, sign up for my newsletter. I'll send you an email. Run us through a couple of those uh, tips. Okay, so I know one of them right out of the gate was the idea of creating a pin tweet that actually introduced yourself. So my pin tweet, when somebody goes to my pin tweet video, they immediately have an idea, a little bit of an idea of who I am. Okay, this guy's a money guy. They see my name. It's not just a static account because it's not like I can filter a video or something like that. You get to see me raw, in the flesh, all that stuff. So not only do they get introduced to me, but they also receive value by what I share with them in that video. So that was one of the things that I talked about. Another thing was if you're trying to grow, I think one of the things that I used to do was I would make a list of some of the top accounts that I followed. And I would go through maybe weekly or daily and I would go to that person's account. I would find something that I resonated with. I would add a comment to it, you know, things like that. There's several different things that are in that list. And after I added it to the email, I must have deleted it off my phone or something because it's not on here. Anyways, there were several different things that I had put in that list of different things that just made sense 
making personalized videos, as I mentioned already. Now, what I was doing initially was I was making personalized videos and I was sending them in direct message to make personal connections with people. Because if you send a personal video to someone in a direct message and you say, hey, I made this video for you, they're going to watch it. Like most recently, somebody who reached out to me through a video and it wasn't long until we were on a phone call was uh, Jack Blatt. I don't know if you know who that is. He's fairly new on Twitter. He's one of the fitness guys. So anyways, his name's Jack Blatt. So shout out to Jack Blatt. Go check him out. But he sent me a video, you know, and he's like, hey, Nate, man, I love what you're doing, all this stuff. I don't remember how many followers he has, but it wasn't very many at the time. But hey, he got on the phone with me. You know, he made a connection with me. So send personalized videos to people from time to time if you're wanting to actually make connections. Lead with value. Take some Twitter growth courses. You know, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like find some people who have done it and done it well, like Sean and Ed, as I mentioned earlier. Go check those guys out engagement groups or something else, you know, find a group of like-minded people where y'all are all kind of relatively on the same. Well, I mean, you don't have to be, but if you're all around the same size account or whatever, then you're just reciprocating value that way, which engagement groups, I mean, every major accounts in some engagement group, trust me. You know, one of the other things I did was I just made connections as I talked about earlier, made connections with as many people as I possibly could. As many people as I had time for, I just tried to connect with people in all kinds of different ways. Those are just a few of the things. There's more that are in that list, but that's just a few of them. One thing that I noticed on your timeline is that once in a while you tweet, hey, so this is me. I have a wife, four kids. I'm a pastor. So you just you sum up, I guess, your most important things in your life. That really resonated with me. and It resonates with a lot of people, I think. Well, I know sometimes when you start following somebody, And most people who follow you, like they're not on Twitter every day like we are. They might get on there once a week, once a month, something like that. So I know that from time to time, people really don't have a clue who I am. And so every few thousand followers, I just put it out there. Here's some hot points. This is who I am. If you like me, stay with me. If you don't, that's all right too. Whatever, you know, I want an engaged group, you know, that I can make connections with and If people find out something about me and they don't like it, then they can unfollow me and I'm good with that. Just keep trying to refine my circle. Can you name maybe a couple of tweets that you just keep reusing or keep rephrasing because you know it works or it resonates with your audience? I think one that is one that I've used a lot and it's something that has just stuck with me for so long. And it's a quote by Jim Rohn that basically says that you're going to experience pain in life no matter what. And there's two pains. There's the pain of discipline and there's the pain of regret. And he says, discipline weighs ounces and regret weighs tons. And that's probably in terms of like stuff that I've said before, you know, that's one that's gotten a lot of attention. People really like that idea. And I've said that different ways before, you know, quoting Jim, but the stuff that I say about money and about leverage money, things like that. People always engage pretty highly with some of the things I say about money. So, Thank you for this chat. I had a really nice time. Where can people uh, find you, Nate? Yeah, appreciate you reaching out. I mean, the easiest place to find me is on Twitter, at Chronicles Nate. Find me there and shoot me a DM, respond to a tweet, whatever. Let's connect. Send a video. Yeah, send a video. There you go. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. If you enjoyed this one, please leave an iTunes review and give us a shout out on Twitter. See you again next week.